Okay, Ileana, should you kick it off? They're recording. Um, sure. Yeah. So thank you everyone for uh joining me for this super special aliens, UFOs, uh UAP podcast. Um, this is going to be a very free form conversation. Um, and I have to admit, I know very little about the topic. Um, I have lots of ideas and thoughts of an extremely speculative nature um, regarding this topic, but I have very, very little information. So um, I want to hear from people who know more, who have watched more X-Files than I have, um, looking at you, Jay, um, et cetera, you know, people who have read books on the topic um, how you feel about the possibility of aliens. Are they here? Are they looking for us? Will we find them? Also, the report that is supposed to come out next month, um, if we get to it, I would be really interested to make some predictions about what might be in the report. So I'm going to open it up to Whoever wants to go first, please introduce yourselves when you first speak, just so our listeners know who we're talking to. I'm going to speak to invite Ed, actually, to open this. That's probably a good idea. Okay. Can you all hear me? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. So I've been uh, digging into this since 20... It was either late 2012 or early 2013. I wasn't working, and... Uh, I was kind of farting around on the internet because I, I saw something once myself, which, and at the time I didn't believe in UFOs or anything. I thought everybody that was into this was a crackpot or was, you know, hoaxing something. And I saw something in the night sky one night, it was 2007. I was out working in the desert by myself. I was just looking up at the stars. It was a nice clear night. And I saw something weird, but I, 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 couldn't imagine what it was. I thought it was a helicopter at first, then I realized it was not a helicopter, and I don't know what the fuck it was. But I didn't jump to, oh my god, I just saw a UFO. I thought, well, that's weird. I don't know what that could have been. And then it kind of ruminated in my mind for years. And then I found myself at home with the baby. I didn't have a job to go to. I had the internet, and I started poking around and. And there's all the fake crap on YouTube and all the CGI junk. And uh, I came across the story of uh, J. J. Allen Hynek, who he's the kind of uh, nerdy professor guy from Project Blue Book that with the little goatee. He was a, a astronomer by trade before he was hired by the Air Force. <clears throat> and I read his story. And when I finished reading his story, I knew it was real. And it was it just... I'd like the, I felt like the earth move under my feet. That's a song, isn't it? But anyway, really, like the, it felt like the ground shook. Like I couldn't believe it. I read that stuff and I'm like, oh my God, it's true. The whole, because basically what he said after 20 years with Project Blue Book is the whole thing was just a cover up. And he was, this was the guy that came up with all these lame excuses like, oh, you saw swamp gas, you saw the planet Venus. Da, da, da. And he said he regretted all those things, but that was his job. It was his job to basically help the Air Force keep us in the dark. Ed, what is uh, Project Blue Book? Well, it, it was uh, it was one of the it was the 
kind of the second or the third military project to study UFOs. The first one was Project Sign. Uh, they, that started in 1947. It was only a year because the Air Force, when this the whole flying saucer craze hit in 47 and people were seeing these all over the place, the military was certain that these were Soviet aircraft and that the commies, those dirty commies had stolen better Nazi scientists than we did. And they jumped us and we were in deep shit. So they, they did this project sign to investigate all this stuff and see what they came up with. And they did it for a year. And at the end of the year, they came up with the conclusion that it was not the Soviets and they didn't know what the fuck it was. And uh, they passed up a, a situation report to uh, then Admiral Vandenberg, you might recognize that name, saying that, saying after a year of studying these, we don't know where they're from. They're definitely not from the Soviet Union and they might be from outer space as far as we know. And that seems to be the most likely thing. And Vandenberg took that report and threw it in the shredder and told the Joint Chiefs that there was nothing to see here. It was fine. There was no problem. We got the situation under control. Then they started Project Brudge. And this was where the disinformation campaign started. And it was quickly changed to Project Blue Book because that sounded nicer. And uh, it, it, its purpose really was to get all this information together and twist it into such a way that it didn't seem real. They're, 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 they would use any excuse to call something nothing. And even then there were some cases that, that they still couldn't explain. Ed, I, uh, I don't know if you listen to uh, the podcast that's, you know, that's Leslie's cult. And I know you don't want to be part of her cult, but, um, but on the, uh, on the last pod, uh, Matt Welch was talking about how, um, I think he said it was well documented that the government was planting um, these like crazy sounding like UFO conspiracists in areas where they were testing, um, you know, air like new aircraft, um, so that the conspiracists would, you know, uh, like talk about how oh this was all UFOs and sound so ridiculous that people would would dismiss them. Um, is this sort of what you're talking about? Are you familiar with this? Or does anyone else have information? Um, no, this, that's not what I'm talking about because th that what you're talking about happened later. That's a thing that happened in the '80s. I know. I, I yeah, I know what he's talking about, and there's definitely some history there. But again, it's later. This this I mean, it's been going on so long. That's the crazy part is that it's been this thing that's been absolutely denied and suppressed by the military industrial complex, if you will. And then for them just to come out in 2020 and go, oh yeah, by the way, these things are real. We don't know what they are. And then, the, and then kind of nothing happened. So, I mean, that's pretty much where it is. Um, I've read a lot of stuff about people not having high hopes for this report because the military guys that kind of started this, uh, basically all this, this new stuff that's going on right now, the insiders, they, I mean, these are guys that work for Pentagon, DOD, and they said that six months and a small budget isn't enough time for the government to put together any kind of, you know, major report. 
So they've been kind of pessimistic about the whole thing. And also they don't have to tell us anything really. I mean, they could brief Congress and keep the whole thing classified. Well, I think they do have to release an unclassified report. Right, but I don't have to put very much in it. I mean, there's there's pressure on them to do so. I mean, I'm literally part well, of a legal campaign pressure. of nerds that's no, not legal pressure, public pressure. Well, I think they legally have to release an unclassified report by the end of June. But they can classify anything. They can say anything is classified. Sure, but there, there still has to be an unclassified version. Right, which, I mean, like if you look at, well, you've, you've read Greenwald stuff. A lot of these uh, FOIA requests, he gets pages where they're 90% redacted. Yeah. I mean. So is the um, end of June the expected time frame for the report? Yeah. And that's a legal requirement you're saying, or that's just the ballpark we have been provided with? No, it's a legal requirement. I think it was, um, I forget who put the amendment in, it may have been Rubio, but that's almost certainly wrong. But it was an amendment that was attached to the National Defense Authorization Act. Um, so some report, both a, a classified version has to be presented to Congress and an unclassified version has to be released to the public. Got it. And while we're, before we get too far down this road, um, Eliana asked us to introduce ourselves and we all immediately forgot. So Ed, if you wanna do just a quick intro of who you are, we'll, we'll do a round robin, just saying uh, hello for our listeners. Oh, I'm Ed, I'm uh, Leslie's tin hat wearing husband. Uh, I do, I, I kind of, like, I kind of listen to a lot of the Reason podcasts just because I'm in the area while they're going on. Fifth column. Or fifth column. When they say reason. Yeah, fifth column. And, uh, you know, I've met some of the people, Juliana, Brad. So that's who I am. Uh, my name is Jay. I'm the co-host and producer of Free Life Camps, a podcast. Uh, and I am a uh, Fox Mulder appreciator. We'll keep it PG for now. Okay, that I'm Brad. I'm also a Fox Mulder appreciator in a similar vein as Jay. Um, and I'm typically a mod on the Fiftum Doghouse, but that's where you'll see me in black and white. And Ileana has to introduce herself. Ileana, our fearless leader. I do not need any introduction. You all know me. Uh, my mother is a Fox Mulder appreciator. Just putting that out there. Shout out to Ileana's mom. I think she's calling y'all old. Big shout out. <laughs> Big shout out to Ileana's mom. She's awesome. Okay, can I take the reins here? Please. Okay, so um, just to get a sense of the room, um, on a scale of one to 100, um, what is everyone's view of the existence of UFOs? And you can separate the alien part from it. Um, though that may be kind of contained in the answer. But uh, what is your, from one to 100, sense of the fact that UFOs exist? Um, and this, again, we're recording this pre-report. So based on the evidence that we have so far, or um, Ed, it sounds like in your own experience, and I have a similar experience I can share, 
Um, what is your sense of the existence of UFOs and or UAPs as the government is now calling them? Um, um, so I, I'm sorry, I just pulled my daughter, my eight-year-old daughter on this. Um, so I wanted to share before I forget. Um, so I, well, I asked her about aliens, whether she thought they existed and she, she went, uh, no. And that was the end of the conversation. Um, I didn't ask her about UFOs. I don't know if she's familiar with that. Um, look, like I'm like, yeah, unidentified unknown stuff exists. So yeah. yeah. I don't mean in the trivial sense as in what is that thing? I don't know what it is. Okay. I mean, in, in the sense that there is, there is an intelligence behind it. That it's, it's the equivalent of, you know, if you saw a 747 in the sky, but it wasn't the 747. What is your belief that an, an object mm -hmm. that is sufficient in, built by something resembling an intelligence and not a floating paperback? <laughs> what, is your, what is your view of the existence of such an object, whether or not um, aliens have anything to do with it? Hmm like 30-ish percent. Okay. Go ahead, Ed. Um, okay. Uh, well, I would say UFOs exist, um, you know, 95%. I mean, again, I saw something myself. My dad said he saw something when he was a kid. Uh, this military stuff, this that stuff is what people fail to see when they watch those videos. All those numbers on the side, that's telling you information about that's going on in that moment. These are the best sensors money can buy. That's that's what's on our warplanes. So if that shit's wrong, then uh, we're really spending our trillions badly. And we're but, in trouble. Right. But we actually don't have any any hard evidence that there's aliens, there's little gray guys in those things. That, that, that's just people talking. I mean, there's literally no hard evidence for that. Yeah, I think, I think the alien part is we should ignore because that, just get, that makes things too complicated if we're just talking about the objects. It's like a different conversation. UAPs. Yeah, well, it is a different conversation, but it, it's one I think that is easier to have because particularly based on what um, the government has put out in advance of this report, I'm sure you've seen the videos of the one hovering above the water that is being tracked by the warship that then descends beneath the water and leaves a splash. Whether or not there is any kind of entity within that I mean, that's that's kind of separate. We can just talk about the craft itself. Um, I don't think we need to invoke aliens necessarily. We're just talking about aircraft that operate outside of the bounds that we are capable of or that we can presume could be um, that another foreign power could have the ability to operate. Is that fair? I think yeah. for, that's for fair. Me, the number is like 88%, 88 out of 100. 
that I'm certain these things are real. Uh, Ileana, I'm shocked, shocked that your number is so low. And it's, I, I in sort of some pre-conversation and thinking about this, I, I want it, I both want it to be true. <laughs> I want it to be true. And I also want to believe it to, I think, perpetual invocation of the X-Files. Like I, I deeply want to believe that this is true more than I think that it is true in some capacity. Um, but I, I do see myself as a believer simply because I, I want to believe and I want it to be something believable. Why do you want to believe it's true? Because I think that humanity suffers from a deep sense of arrogance. I think a lot of the fear around unknown object, unknown power, whether it's coming from a, another country's government or an unknown of our own government or from outer space entities, intelligences, uh, I think that we are so afraid we are no longer the top of the food chain. And I would love to, I would just love to see how we respond when we are no longer at the top of the list. So That's... you want to be, you want to be prey. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a, a whole different set of conversations that we can have. But uh, I, I think, I think this way about artificial intelligence, when people like Bill Gates and Elon Musk are afraid of the robots taking over, it's because they are afraid that they won't be the smartest people in the room anymore. And I think that's where that sort of sentiment, uh, not logistical or literal, but I think that sentiment, that idea is the fear that kind of drives fear of, of aliens coming to earth and invading earth uh, or someone getting the jump on us in, in particular, if it, if it is revealed that, that these UAPs, I hate it. I hate UAP. All these UFOs are actually technology other countries are developing. I think that's the same sentiment of fear that someone else has got the jump on us. And I think that fear can scale in different degrees. Um, but I, I want it to be true because I don't see any problem in it being true. I think uh, you just made a really good point. And I think that is a large, large, that and religious reasons. But, but what you just said about human arrogance, not wanting to be at the top of the food chain, not being willing to say something else is more powerful, is why this has been kept in the dark for so long. So many people just flat out refuse to believe it because their own ego will not accept that situation. <clears throat> I mean, there's a whole group. There's a lot of controversy in the UFO community about what this is. There's been debates raging for years about what this is. There's a bunch of right-wing nut jobs. I am a right-wing nut job. And these people are really right-wing nut jobs that believe that these are demon demons in these things. Wait, Ed, Ed, when you say what this is, what is this? What, what's behind the UFOs? What is, 
what is the intelligence? What is behind them? What is causing them? Is it aliens? Is it demons from hell that are here to steal your soul? Is it time travelers, human time travelers from the future? That's a big one. Um, uh, interdimensionals, that's another one because um, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff where these things just seem to disappear, like pop into and pop out of existence. So a lot of, a lot of really smart people seem to think that this is from some kind of alternate reality. Nobody really knows. Well, somebody might know, but they're not talking. Okay, I don't. I think I'm the only one who didn't answer the one hundred question. Um, and since Ed, since you have an experience, um, and I do too, maybe we should just briefly describe those. Um, one to a hundred, I'd say probably fifty. Um, do you want me to describe the experience that I had first, or do you want to go first? Uh, uh, you can go first. You're already talking. Okay. Um, so the experience I had has nothing to do necessarily with aliens, but um, I was, this is probably, uh, probably 10 years ago, I was staying with my parents and I was um, out walking late at night and I saw what was clearly a green, um, I should have looked this up ahead of time, but not like a perfect triangle. I, I'm, the only word I have for it is isosceles, even though that's probably wrong. It's just, that's how long it's been since I've looked up triangles. So it was a kind of off center triangle um, that like if you walked in front of your house and you looked at the night sky, that covered the entire night sky and it was a series of green dots that formed a perfect triangle. Um, like the base was, was clearly straight and it was probably 40 or so individual green dots that came together to form what was clearly a triangle on a fairly clear night. Um, I didn't make anything of it other than I stared at it for about 15 minutes before it finally faded. Um, it was clear enough that I could see all, you know, the rest of the stars and everything, but this was the only time that I'd seen that shape. Um, what significance I assigned to that is almost nothing other than it was the only time I'd ever seen it. And again, because, excuse me, again, because of the size of it, it could have been hundred feet in front of me, or it could have been thousands of miles away. It just happened to fill the night sky with a green, like forest green color triangle. Um, do I believe that any um, alien intelligence was involved with this? No, um, it could have been. Uh, do I believe I saw anything special? I mean, it was the only time that I saw it, um, but all, all that I can say is that I saw something I'd never seen before and it was aligned in a way that was kind of perfect to a, a me, the human um, the viewer that, um, yeah, was unique. And I, I can't kind of explain in any other way. I mean, I, my, my parents are, well, at least my dad is a, is a pilot. I'm, I'm fairly familiar with the kinds of things that you see when you are 
uh, flying. I mean, I, I could give a list of reasons why I couldn't explain what I saw, but um, again, it was pre-drone, so it couldn't have been a drone swarm that was just like designed to create a perfect green triangle just for me to see. Um, but I noticed it at the time very clearly. I said they're watching it for 10 to 15 minutes. And when it faded, I was like, okay, that was something interesting that I can explain. And that was kind of the sum of what I took away from it. Um, so could it have been aliens? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I suppose. Could it have been literally anything else? Yeah. Um, but it was a unique thing that I saw that I don't ascribe to an alien race or aircraft, etc. Um, it was just a unique thing. So um, again, I, I said from zero to 100, I think I said 50. Um, that is part of the 50, but it's not pushing me to 100 because I mean, again, you always have to keep open the possibility that I was hallucinating. Which I was about I, to say, were you doing any heavy hallucinogens at that time? No, I was, per, I was completely sober, taking a night walk. Um, the only medication that I could have possibly been on was diphenhydramine, which is the PM part of Tylenol PM. But I was lucid. I was, I was not, there was no other substances that I was experiencing. I think I have a picture of it somewhere, but it would be incredibly difficult to dig up. And it was in like 2005. So whether you could see anything in the picture is totally mysterious, but um, that is my single experience with a quote unquote, I'm going to use the term UAP because <laughs> that is- I don't the like it either, I Jay. I don't like UAP either. No. Okay, but, okay, but you're talking to me, why, so. But I just something about it. Call me a traditionalist. It's a way to saw. It's kind of a. I look at it as a softening of the language. We're just going to call it something else, so we can leave the past behind and start out with this new thing. It's really not a new thing, but that's just the way I feel. I agree. Okay, uh, so Ed, tell us yeah, about your was, experience. Um. Okay. Well. Uh, like I said, I was unfortunately by myself. There was no other, no one else around to witness this. And it was, uh, I was out in the desert. So I didn't have the light pollution that you have in LA here. If you look up at night, you don't see hardly anything because it never really gets dark here. But I was 80 miles away. I was out in the, out in the high desert and it was a clear night. And I was, you know, looking up and seeing all the stars that I don't normally get to see in the Milky Way and all that. <clears throat> And I saw a red flash, really it was right where I was looking too. I mean, it was like right above me. And I, and I immediately assumed it was a helicopter like that. Is, they have those flashing, flashing aircraft lights that, at night. And I'm from Long Beach where there's any time you look up, there's like three helicopters. It's like a totally normal thing to see. And I thought, wow, it's weird that that helicopter just snuck up on me like that. I've been staring up for like the last few minutes and I'm just seeing it now and it's right in front of my face. But then that was it. It was just one, just one red flash. There's no other lights. I'm like, you're gonna get your lights checked, dude. You only had one little, one flash. And a few more seconds go by and while I'm thinking about all this and I see the red flash again, same spot in the night sky, basically right above me. But now it seems much farther away. 
I mean, it's like it, whatever it is has just traveled many thousands of feet straight, straight away, straight up, basically. And I sat there for you, and that was it, just one more. And I thought, well, that's weird. Uh, that's really strange. If it's an aircraft, they're not running the right, correct lights, and they're and they're going straight up. And, and that was enough to inspire you to start investigating no and, no, the, and no there no. was a, what, a few seconds went by while i was thinking all that there's a third flash again much further away much smaller same spot in the night sky and i'm still thinking this is weird i wonder what that could be and then a few seconds later there was a fourth flash and all this took place in like maybe 20 or 30 seconds there's a fourth flash and now it's really tiny and there's a weird like effect to it that last time, like a, like a splash. Like if you ever watch a slow motion film of them, like dropping a drop of water into another body of water, there's a weird, like, bloop. it looked like that around the, the flash itself, which was very tiny at that point. And that was it. So it was only, I only saw four flashes. That's all I saw. But I just, in all those years, I could never figure out what the hell that could have been. I mean, maybe it was some weird celestial event that I am unaware of. And well, Ed, you know that helicopters run red and green lights is yeah. It possible, is it possible that the fuselage of the helicopter was obscuring the green light so you were only seeing the red side? I, I am unaware of any kind of helicopter that could uh, basically go from like 2,000 feet to like 60,000 feet in a few seconds. I mean, whatever it was, there was no drama. There was no afterburners. There was no nothing. So the, I mean, the 60,000 feet is based on it's a guess, a pure guess. I, I don't know. It seems like I watched something twice an airliner. Right. Well, the atmosphere is actually quite there's quite a bit more to it than that, than what we normally operate in. But from my vantage point, I seem to see something leaving the earth very quickly and with no drama, no, you know, afterburners, no vibration, no noise, no flames no nothing so i just didn't and like i said at the time i didn't think i saw a ufo i thought i tried to put it into uh uh you know some kind of category that made sense and i, I really never could like i said that didn't convince me that ufos were real it was really the government themselves the people that work there and all their own documentation that proved to me that that, that it's real and this is before the recent revelations how big, um, how much of your view of UFOs is based on things that Bob Lazar has said? Uh, zero. Zero, okay. I mean, I, I love the Bob Lazar story and I've been following him. I mean, I thought, of course, in the eight, I remember him from the 80s and I thought he was just some crackpot back in the 80s. And uh, I mean, it's interesting that a lot of the things that he said have been, have proven out over time to be real. And yeah. uh, I listened to some guy who was a, a body language expert. And he, he, after the Joe Rogan thing with Bob Lazar, he said, no, that guy's totally telling the truth. There's nothing deceptive about his body language. So he definitely believes, I believe that he believes what he's saying. And he hasn't changed his story in all these years. But is that actually what happened? I, I, I can't say. I don't know. He has no proof. He brings not a shred of actual evidence not a document not a nothing so i don't i don't put any stock in it it's a fun story though 
Well, I think he's had some evidence. Like there is, there is evidence that he worked for. It wasn't JPL, but he he did work at some of the places that he said he worked at at the time. Like, yeah, so no, there's there's, there's small... evidence. There's evidence that he was there. No, and he was yeah. he was he did work at White Sands. He did he did work at that government contractor that con that went out to uh, Area 51. That's actually been proven true. I'm saying his crazy cockamamie, his his crazy thing about we worked on UFOs out there. There's there's nothing yeah. to prove that. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, okay, I, I want to <laughs> before we get too bogged down in details here just to put a kind of general philosophical question to the group. Um, so if, since the, peop the people in this room seem at least semi-interested in the fact that, I hate to use the word aliens, but that aliens exist. So let's, let's say that they do exist, okay? Um, how much time energy and resources should we be devoting to finding them or is it or is it just a matter of waiting for them to find us because again we're speaking before this report comes out which could have any number of details in it um, so i'm just asking to the group based on your views of you know, the existence of, again, the word I hate to use, aliens, but these UAPs slash UFOs that we seem to have some evidence of and perhaps we'll have more evidence of in the near future. Should we be devoting resources at a governmental level to seeking them out beyond what we already have? I mean, I know that the, the what is it, the Arecibo disc has already been decommissioned because it collapsed. Um, should this be a government-wide or kind of earth-wide initiative to find these um, beings, quote unquote? And again, all the words we use here are very, very tricky. Um, should we be seeking out life that exists within the universe using resources on earth um, in an effort to establish that there is other life out there and we are not the only bright spot in the universe, or again, this gets into your everyone's political views, or should we just be waiting until we get a sign of something? Because if I, I get a sense from the people in the room that there's a fairly high confidence that these quote unquote beings, you know, may or do exist, and I think that has very interesting philosophical implications if they do. Um, so what is everybody's view on how, how or if we should be seeking them out um, in ways that are different from how we are doing it right now? I think they will find us. I don't think we have the technology to find beings. We barely have the technology to get to the edges of our solar systems. And if anything exists outside of that frame, we do not have the ability to get to it now. I think that we, I think we should wait. I think patience will serve us in this. I also think that 
I think sometimes there's a stereotype of like, the aliens are a more evolved society and that is how they've collectively come together in order to do space travel and find other worlds. And I don't necessarily think that's true, but I think there are so many things off earth that will be dependent on inter-country communications and work together. Uh, I think you read a lot of really thoughtful sci-fi where it's not just American astronauts, it's not just NASA, it is all of these space agencies from around the world coming together to solve a problem. And I think probably that is what it would need to be. The only way some of these plans would be executed is if they were uh, a global initiative. I was listening to an interview on some podcast a few years ago where the it was a, a scientist who was like, think of yourself as an earthling, not an American, not any of these other sort of micro, relatively micro identities, but think of yourself as an earthling because when when we come together to do more off planet, it will be as a planet. And if there are entities that come to us, we will need to respond as a cohesive unit. And I think that is ultimately impossible the way that things work now. So I would say from a philosophical standpoint, uh, we're not in a place to do that. And then also from an individual, like you were saying, Brad, government resources perspective, like, no, I don't, I don't think that we need to be spending government money to be looking for extraterrestrials, we'll say, instead of aliens, maybe. Um, but I think that maybe at some point the world will get to this point where this is something we want to do, but it wouldn't just be our government resources. It would be global government resources. And then maybe my mind changes about that. Maybe not, depending. So, so you're relying on the quote unquote government resources of them to find us. Yeah, I think so. And I think the, I think, so this is what I love about Star Trek is that their conception of aliens were very typical, like tall, long-headed, green, gray, humanoid. But then there were also like, this is a ball of light and it's an alien and they have a society. Um, and so I think that we cannot conceptualize the beings that have the power to come to us. So I think the general answer to your question is yes, they're government resources to come to us. Um, but from a more blown out standpoint, that is not the frame, that may not be the frame that any of this is working. So this is like a galactic NIMBY. Like <laughs> you, you, want every, you want everyone yeah. else, you want all other beings to spend the resources to find Jay. I'm findable, baby. <laughs> baby. Uh, Ed, what are your thoughts on this? Should the government be spending more or less or no resources to find these beings that you are fairly confident exist? And if if we found them, what would that mean to you? Um, I guess I'm fine with what they're, I mean, I don't know. That's a tough, I don't, I, I think for the most part, they're wasting their 
our time and resources. I think, uh, yeah, I'm, and, and again, I don't say these are aliens. I, I don't know what it is. Oh, and I forgot, there's another theory, that these beings or whatever it is, is actually from the earth. Like they live underneath the ocean and some advanced society that went down there and they just live under the ocean for some reason. But anyway, I, I feel like if we got our shit together and stopped being these violent apes and figured out a way to fly into neighborhoods besides our own, I, I have a feeling they would uh, decide to contact us then. Have any of you ever seen The Day the Earth Stood Still? Classic movie, 1952. Maybe. Anyway. Keanu Reeves was in the remake? <laughs> I don't think Maybe. they made a remake. The, the gist of it was, <laughs> okay. the gist of it was that yes, there's aliens in those flying saucers and they don't want anything to do with us because we're a bunch of like violent psychopaths and they'll leave us alone. But if we ever bring our human violence to their neck of the woods that they'll blow up the planet i'm like hollywood might have been onto something with that iliana thoughts so i have a very prosaic libertarian answer to this question that that jay also hinted at mm. um and and that is no no government should not spend resources looking for aliens that is that is not an enumerated power that is not a non-enumerated power that just shouldn't happen uh private individuals are welcome to do whatever they want including spending their own resources looking for aliens um if i were elon musk i wouldn't really be interested in doing that but that's because i am just a prosaic an imaginative skeptic when it comes to this. So that's my answer. Okay, but but you live on a rock, which is just one rock of tr trillion trillions of rocks, and is the only one upon which we know that there is consciousness or intelligent life. So suddenly this rock that we inhabit is incredibly important if, if you value the universe staying, quote unquote, light, you know, st staying in a state in which people are aware of anything and not just going totally dark where it's just all rocks, right? So you're, Do you what, what you are assuming in this prompt slash question is we are the only ones. We are the, the only universe. ones we know of. Okay. Do you think that we, what I'm hearing from your question slash prompt, You're gonna go to Fermi, I'll, I can go there. No, is, is, uh, is that you, it sounds like you're saying you think that we are, as opposed to a suggestion that we might be. And I would, I would just love to hear what you specifically think, if you think we are the only ones, it, or if you think there is other intelligent life. I, I think none of you has evidence that there is any other intelligent life. Okay, that is, a, that is an answer. That is an answer to the question. I would love more. It's true, we don't, that there, we don't have, have any evidence that there is. 
Yeah, Jay, mm -hmm. do you have evidence of any other intelligent life inside of this universe? No. What okay. I would love you to go on the record saying is if you, I want you to answer that same question. Do you, not, not evidence, I want to know what you think. Probabilistically? Or fancifully, or romantically, in your heart of hopeful hearts. Well, I don't have many romantic thoughts about the universe. Um, well, but, that's... but I mean, I, if we're going to Fermi's paradox, I mean, I. Well, there's your problem, Brad. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's what was going to say. I wasn't going to say than... it. No, I hate, I'm just I hate that Bam Fermi's paradox thing because it's, it's assuming. It's because stupid. they're assuming that another society or another life form out there would do exactly that thing they're yeah. talking about, which is a very I mean, kind of a human idea of a thing to do. Oh, we're going to send yeah. these robots out to conquer the universe. There are endless numbers of answers to that paradox, and they include what? that. For the uninitiated, what is Fermi's paradox? The Fer Fermi's paradox is um, given the vastness of the universe and our own existence, where is everybody else? Why do we have no evidence of anyone else um, given just the vastness of space? I mean, you can narrow it to the fact that Earth sits in, in a kind of Goldilocks zone in, in orbit of the sun. We know of, I, I don't know how many, but many, 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 and they increase every day numbers of quote unquote planets that rotate a sun, quote unquote, or a star, in a similar pattern as to Earth, which means they should allow for life, yet there's nothing that we're aware of. Okay, so you can gamble on the fact that- That we're well, aware of so little. We know yeah, and so we're, we're, little, we're, everything about the, it's, it's all a guess. Even all these all, things, all these formulas, they're, they're guessing, they're guessing all, about the numbers that they're plugging into them. We don't know yes. Jack. It's all math and there's no evidence of any of it. And so we're, we are left on earth. We are left in the position of, we are the only like conscious intelligent life that we know, like capital K, no exists. We can infer that others exist and you can think of the expansiveness of the universe and presume that others exist. But until we know that there is an other we suddenly become much more important, I think. And if we, if we disappear, I don't know why I'm stuck on Ed just staring at me, but if like, I think that our value in the universe until we know that there is another is far more important because if, if we have no evidence that there is another, then if we go dark, then there's a possibility that the universe goes dark. And that is significant in a philosophical way that I think is important. It's an awfully, awfully big waste of space. Or billions well, yeah, of light, billions of light years, and in the number of yeah, worlds is like some crazy number that I, it it's something question, to the something power. If there's no one to appreciate it, it makes you question every and all creators that they've just mucked about with all of this space. But um, <laughs> not to bring religion into this but um yeah i think until until we know that there is another i think our value is necessarily more important and um 
but back to Fermi's paradox, I mean, there are a variety of answers to it, which could include that a civilization of intelligent beings, after it reaches a certain point, it destroys itself, you know, in our case, via nuclear weapons or climate change or whatever thing you want to plug in here. Um, and that could be true of any other, quote unquote, us anywhere else in the universe. Um, so I, th I think there's a lot of answers to Fermi's paradox that um, doesn't make it that paradoxical, frankly, but um, we are just one that we are aware of and are supposedly in control of. So I don't know, I find that philosophically interesting. I, yes. So I wasn't poking holes um, to challenge more was just trying to, to understand your context of this question, which I think you absolutely more than sufficiently just answered. Um, I think as a philosophical question, it is a really interesting one. My super simple answer is that I don't think humanity deserves to survive. And the sort of segue then is if, like what do we do if aliens extraterrestrials, the inhabitants of the UAPs, uh, if they come here, if they're coming here, there is nothing that we can do about it. We cannot plan for it because we do not understand the frame that they are working from. We will not know until they're here if they are here for good or for what we conceive as evil. Um, the artificial intelligence question also, I think, is, is a little bit a part of this, like, you know, artificial intelligence is going to assume the only way to save us from ourselves is, is self-destruct, and maybe the, the extraterrestrials think that same way. We, we won't know, and so I think that fearing, and this circles all the way back to my very first point, is that fearing extraterrestrials coming to Earth comes from the standpoint of one, we think we are superior and two, um, we think we can shoot them with our guns. Uh, and three, I think there's a lot of like, we are afraid of aliens because aliens are scary in movies. Um, but I think that if they come here, there's nothing that we can do about it. Really, I think we can try to communicate with them. I think we can try to present the best versions of ourselves to them. Uh, <laughs> I think we can make as much effort as possible to appease them. But I think if they're coming, they're gonna be here. And if they wanna fuck our shit up, that's it, that's just it. And there's, there's, there's no point in being afraid because they're, if they are advanced enough to get here, we are not advanced enough to stop them from doing whatever they want. Um, and I think that's kind of an interesting question uh, is, is like movies about aliens and also uh, what we would do if they came here and, and that sort of thing. So those are just some other things that I've been thinking about as I've been contemplating where this conversation was gonna go. Do y'all um, know about North Sentinel Island? Anybody here know about it? Um, it's an island in the Indian Ocean that is occupied by a Paleolithic people that are, it's an uncontacted uh, civilization and every year or two it's part of the 
it's it's an Indian territory. So every couple of years, the Indian government will fly a helicopter over these people to kind of try to take a census. See, you know, because they think the population is decreasing because of uh, they don't have enough genetics there to to keep going because it's too small. And you can't contact these fuckers because they'll, they'll shoot a, a stone-tipped arrow into you. They're like super hostile. In fact, a couple of years ago, some missionary uh, scoffed the Indian law of not contacting them and, and he had a boat drop them off there and guess what? They filled them full of arrows. So, but to those people, we're the aliens. Every couple of years, some crazy thing flies over their, their village and terrifies them, then leaves. They, they, don't, they don't know what's you know, over the horizon. Like sometimes I think the earth is like that. You know, we're just, we're just ignorant, hostile apes and we're good for, you know, maybe taking a census or for maybe a, a, a tourist to, to check out, but otherwise not to be messed. I, I feel that I, yes, yes. Agreed. Agreed to all. Um, I also, I think a, a point that, um, didn't make as much sense as you two were both sharing your experiences, but something that I definitely wanted to say is that I think even if extraterrestrials as we imagine them aren't real, the experiences that these people, that you too, that that there there's so much documentation of people who have had, have participated in events, have witnessed events, have have these experiences. And I, I think like you were just saying, Ed, like whether whether that is something we can understand uh, or not is a, a totally different question, but the acknowledgement that those things happen to those people in the way that they perceive them, whether they literally or objectively happened, you know, getting taken up into a spaceship and then brought back to Earth in like the next morning in time to go to your office job or whatever, like, whether those things literally occurred, these are experiences that people are having. And I think that's such a good example to illustrate that because we, we maybe don't know what we, we don't know what we don't know. And so yeah. we can be seeing and perceiving things in different ways. I, I, I try to stay out of the whole uh, contactee thing. Oh, just because, and, and I don't, I don't want to talk too negatively about it because I don't, want people to think I'm talking shit on them or that they're crazy or they're making it all up. But we just don't have evidence to back it up. There's very little evidence. There's a little bit here and there, but none of it's really what you would call hard evidence. And I, I don't Contactees are, are people that say that they experienced aliens. They are in communication with an alien or they were abducted and given an anal probe or, or, or whatever their experience was. We just, we just don't have evidence for that. We have a hard evidence that there's stuff flying around the earth and has been for 70 plus years. And a lot of the, 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 the negativists, the debunkers, they'll always say, oh, that radar, it could make a mistake. It could be wrong. It could be, maybe, but that technology is very reliable. You literally trust your life to it every time you get in a fucking airplane. So if it was wrong that often, uh, you know, planes would be crashed into each other all the time. And when you have 
multiple radars picking up the same thing and people on the ground seeing it and people from aircraft seeing it. I mean, I don't know how much harder evidence you need at that point. And think about, and a lot of, Brad, your point about, I might have hallucinated. I thought about that too. Like maybe I did, didn't see what I thought I saw. But in my line of work, I basically put, I mean, people's lives are at risk based on my sensory input. Like if I'm hallucinating or I'm not seeing something right, I could kill somebody. I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's basically the most reliable thing that we have. I mean, if you can't, if you can't trust what you see, I mean, think about it. people driving around the freeway at 90 miles an hour right now. If they weren't seeing what was going on correctly, uh, there'd be a lot more deaths. Um, this is a question for Jay that Jay has no idea is coming, but if, if there are aliens and they all, and several waves of them arrive at the same time, and they are uh -huh. all firmly heterosexual. <laughs> so what will that, what, what will the impact of that be for you? For um, canceling pride. That's what, what, that's what I would do. I would be so upset. No, but no if we have like, if we have like- No straight aliens. If we have 20 dozen alien races who all arrive on their very beautiful ships. And they're all and they're straight. All, and they're all what, what as humans we would describe as straight. There's no fluidity within the genders. I'm out. How, how would that impact your view I'm, of yourself? I'm out of here. I will, I'll, I'll take a ship and I will fly away. But they, they wouldn't let you on the ship because- No, they, they would though. They would. How? I'm very charismatic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my real answer to the question my real answer to the question is that uh, <laughs> we lost Brad. Brad's down. Um, Back. <laughs> uh, is that the, that's not how it would work. I mean, I, I think that, like I said earlier, if they're advanced enough, not, not to say. Well, careful with the advanced. <laughs> not to say we're going to advance our way out of heterosexuality. I mean, fingers fucking crossed. Y'all, we we advance ourselves out of heterosexuality, but uh, I'm just saying I am not meaning to causation correlate here. What I mean is, if they can get here, like I said earlier, they will be existing outside of any conceptual frame that we can understand. Which is why it's it's really refreshing to see alien TV or movies uh, where the aliens aren't thin androgynous humanoid because that the extraterrestrials may be something we can't even conceive of so i, I think framing the question is they're <laughs> they're heterosexual well, you're, you're describing you're describing human made aliens so. exactly right exactly so the so it's so a way the, of not answering my question it i would be excessively disappointed i would be my mind would be irrevocably changed that, that non-human life thinks the same way we do. Mm. And I think from a sex, sexuality, gender standpoint, like I would just love something different, something more. Um, I would, I would truly like, I would, I, I'm a coward, so I wouldn't steal a ship, but 
I would think about oh. it and I, and I would be upset about it if these aliens came and they were like, we need to present to the humans as heterosexual in order to be accepted. Like, it just, it's impossible. You're, it's impossible. It wouldn't be would like presume, that. You would It wouldn't be like that. that whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you presume that underneath the multiple races of aliens. This is your exterior, question, not my question. I know, which is why I can formulate it. Okay. So you would presume that if 10 alien races descended upon the planet Earth, be careful drinking right now. <laughs> um, you, you would presume that if all of them presented in a, in a perfect heterosexual context, you would presume there was no, you would presume that there was fluidity within the presented heterosexual alien context. I think my official answer on the record to this question. This is on the record. Is that it's a bad question. Because, <laughs> because we cannot assume that aliens will function in a frame that we can understand. So I do not think, Are you I wanna believe, I wanna believe, and that's where I like start running around screaming the X-Files theme music like jogging laps around my apartment, just oh. screaming it. I want to believe that the framework that we have as human beings will be completely different than what the extraterrestrials are bringing to the table. Yeah, well, the, the little gray guys are famous for being A, not having a sex and B, being all the same almost like they're clones or something. Yes. Again, yes. we don't actually have any evidence that these little gray guys actually exist. But that's like uh, a constant. That's one of the consistent things that people say. But again, it's just people talking. Well, and I, I think too, the, I mentioned earlier, like the fear that we have of extraterrestrials comes from uh, film and TV. So... So there's that episode of Rick and Morty where the dogs build exo exoskeletons out of robot <laughs> parts, right? And the very That's end of the episode, <laughs> it's a documentary. So the end of the episode, the dogs leave Earth and unenslave the humans because the dogs say like, we are not them. And I think that is, is how we need to reframe our thinking about extraterrestrials. They are not us. They are not going to come trying to destroy us. They are not going to come trying to enslave us. They are not going to come and try and take over our governments or blow up the White House. No one is going to be needing to give a grandiose speech about how we have to fight the aliens because they will be so outside of how we exist. And I think that so much of the fear of an extraterrestrial invasion comes from the fact of like, what would we do? We would be bad we would try and take over. We would try and do this, that, or the other thing. Well, and we assume everyone is like that. That's historically what's happened in human culture when a more advanced culture meets one that isn't as technologically advanced. Bad shit always happens. Right. But, you know, yeah, again, that's a human condition. That's hopefully, <laughs> hopefully uh, not something the aliens suffer from if, if there are aliens. Right, and maybe it's um, naive hopefulness 
that the aliens aren't all straight. Maybe. Yeah, you you just you've just aggressively changed my question so that it suits you very perfectly. Um, and I wish that you weren't on mute, so I <laughs> so at least some of the laugh track was being picked up. Okay, um, since we've been going for a little while, I'm going to. Um, by the way, I appreciate that uh, Ileana has totally let us hijack what I believe to be her show, whether or not it she will not claim it. It's not my show, Garrett. It, like okay. Garrett Stassi would say, it's not his show, it's not my show. It's the community show. Y'all are welcome. Okay, okay. Well, the rest of the community can be quiet for a second. Um, I will say, here, here's, here's a kind of closing question for everyone, and this is very simple. Um, I would like to hear from everyone, um, Ileana included, though she doesn't apparently watch many movies, what alien movie most closely captures your views of what is likely possible, or at least um, has you interested in ways that align with the ways that you are interested in aliens? So um, I will go first, um, and mine is Arrival. Um, I don't know if anyone has seen Arrival. Um, Amy Adams, Redhead, Bombshell, holler um but basically the amy adams if you're listening amy adams if you're listening i'm bigging up your movie hard right now but um i'm getting a lot of blank stares from everyone so in arrival the, the premise is that alien ships land in several places on earth and amy adams as a i think a linguist has is one of the ones that is tasked to enter the ship and try to communicate with the aliens in a language she's never heard and she basically just has to try to talk to the aliens to figure out why they're there um, what their goal is despite the fact that they speak in a tongue tongue is even the wrong word here but they they speak in a way that is totally foreign and I, I find that like very small task, very interesting. Um, and it seems like something that if there were a, I, I love that we started this with UAPs and UFOs and now we're just full aliens. But um, if aliens in UAPs arrived on earth, we would of course have to communicate with them to figure out why they're here and what their goals were and everything like that. And, it, and that movie is like a very narrow um, example of, you know, how do we know why they're here and what they want and whether or not we can communicate with them. So big up that movie. Um, Ed, I can tell has not seen that movie and I recommend that you watch it uh, very soon. I can tell that no one else on this call has seen that movie and mm, everyone else who happens to listen to this will have seen that movie. So they can appreciate how frustrated of a moment this is for me. So that is the movie regarding UAPs that I would recommend to everyone and that aligns with kind of my interest in the subject. So Ed, I'll toss it to you um, before you give me like third and close, third, first encounters of the third kind or whatever the fuck. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with the classic. I'm going to go with 2001. That's probably my favorite movie about aliens. And I think probably if it's real and it's really aliens, probably closer 
than the normal like oh these big bugs are going to come here and they're going to want to blow up the white house and eat us all was that oh, a yeah movie? i like 2001 did you not see independence day it's not independence day what you were describing crossed a little bit with district nine. Oh, and and uh uh battle los angeles that was a fun movie that, yeah yeah that was a little bit yeah okay i'm pretty sure there's another one where they invaded and wanted to eat us wasn't there I'm thinking about Mars Attacks. That wasn't a serious movie. Mars Attacks had the really fine broads. Eddie's anyway, yeah. Totally silent, but he knows I'm, what I'm talking about. I'm, or at least I'm, Leslie knows what I'm talking about. Look, I haven't Leslie, seen that movie Leslie, for like 30 years or something. You know what I'm talking about. Please speak into the microphone. I have never watched Mars Attacks. What? Will somebody please Google Mars Attacks? I know what it is. Okay. No, I know what it is. I just never watched it because the weird things, it, it, it was like Coneheads for me. It, it turned me off. It spooked it, me. Coneheads also scared me as a yeah, kid. Mars Attacks, Mars was Attacks It was a it, fun movie. Jay, you know the fine broads that I'm talking about, right? Yes. yes Can I you say that louder? <laughs> but you- I do. You okay, can you. see fine broads everywhere in Hollywood. You don't have to watch Mars Attacks to see them. We're talking about <laughs> alien broads. Alien broads is a different thing, Les. Okay, all right. My <laughs> alien broads that I want are the ones that have the bullets that come out of their tits and Austin Powers. <laughs> Leslie, those, that's those are my awesome. alien broads. Leslie, that was a those human. are robots. Those were fembots. They were not aliens of this earth. I would qualify those as robots as well but i love where your head is at i'm with you leslie <laughs> thank you that's my only uh input on this podcast okay we're gonna make but we're gonna make the like cover image of this podcast the 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 alien broads from mars attacks just yes. so that i have backup for all of this totally okay Ileana. um my uh, so so it's not a movie but it's um it's like a segment. So um, I don't know if you all remember the um, segment with the two aliens from Sesame Street when they come down. Um, and uh, it's the like, telephone. if you come, yes. Yes, yes. I remember them. Now that you mentioned, I do remember that. That They're is very good. probably my favorite uh, visual alien that, content. That's not a movie. <laughs> that's not a movie though, Ileana. It's not, I don't, I don't really know movies. I don't really watch movies. I'm, I'm very bad with movies. Um, you know. Liana has seen a movie. I, I mean, I've seen several, I don't really remember them and it's, I'm just not a movie person. I'm Name sorry. a movie. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> of course, that's Ileana's what? movie. It's on one. brand, girl, on brand. <laughs> I am who I am. I, I there, was, there was no aliens in uh, Shawshank nope, Redemption. Nope. There was a girl in a red coat, and nobody knows why. That was Ileana. That was do you know not why? Shawshank Redemption. I actually don't remember that list. Lisa, oh, I'm thinking you're, of something else. Of, All right. Okay, yeah, there we yeah. go. Of, of Schindler's List. You're thinking of Schindler's List. <laughs> I thought you were thinking of Day of the Locust. <laughs> this is the only podcast. Look at Jake's where, face. <laughs> this is the only podcast where a person can ask, what is what is your favorite alien movie that represents how you feel about aliens? And we end up and at Schindler's can, List. And we can get an answer that is both Shawshank Redemption and then is confused for Schindler's <laughs> List. 
So please like and subscribe or whatever the, whatever the kids say at the end Can of Can I ask, does anyone here know why that girl's coat was red in Schindler's List? Because I've been dying to know for like a decade now. Leslie, do your Googles. No, nobody look it up. Okay, it's listeners. It's because she was an alien. They were in. trying to tell us that that girl with the red coat was an alien. She was a fembot. She was the, she was like the prequel to Mars Attacks. Yeah, so, Sorry, so uh, people to... who are listening, if you know the answer to Leslie's question, write in. Uh, Where? Uh, Colin, where do, where do so they write? We, uh, you know, there, there is an yeah. outro. There is an outro, outro that gets added to the podcast. Okay, Mira will tell you where to write in. Yes. No, that's me telling them, but, you know. Okay, not Mira. Jesus. <laughs> All right, okay. Guys, well, thank you. Well, we will do another one after the report releases, and hopefully it'll be equally shambolic. That's right. Count on it. And thank well, you to everyone hope. for joining. Let's, let's hope for a good report. I, I'm not getting my hopes up for... Uh, well... Actually, here, here's the last question. The last question goes to Ed, okay? Ed. Oh, what was the last question? I'm going to give it to you. Just, oh, hold, just hold your horses. Is, is there anything that you could read in the report that would modify your views? Well, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of things that could modify my views because a, a lot of the views that I have are very based on the information that I've got up to this point. I mean, more information could, yeah, change uh, everything. I mean, like, cause I honestly, I'm not in the, these are aliens camp. I, I'm in the, I don't know. These are camp. UAPs camp. Okay, Ed, the first question after the report is released is going to you and I will direct it to you. How have your views been modified, if at all? Sweet. Okay. Gang, gang. I'll be, I'll be there. Thank you. Bye, right. guys. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you will rate us and subscribe and share with your friends. You can always find us on Twitter at Fifth Community or email us at fifthcolumncommunityshow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.